0: Chapter 5 of Mildred and Elsie. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. Mildred and Elsie by Martha Finlay. Chapter 5 Nor need we power or splendour, wide hall or lordly dome, the good, the true, the tender. These form the wealth of home. Mrs. Hale Could that be home, that pretty, tasteful dwelling, embosomed in trees, shrubs and vines? Mildred was half in doubt, for the house itself seemed to have grown as well as the vegetation that environed it. But, yes, the stage was stopping, and there were father and Rupert at the gate, mother and the rest on the porch, every face beaming a joyous welcome. "'How Mr. Lord envied them "'as the stage whirled him rapidly away "'out of sight and hearing of the glad greetings. "'We will not attempt to describe these. "'There were close embraces, tears of joy, "'low-breathed words of tenderness and love, "'of gratitude to him "'who had preserved a beloved child in all her journeyings "'and brought her to her home again in safety and health. "'And there were shouts of delight from the little ones,' "'to whom it seemed half a lifetime since Sister Milly went away. "'Oh, how we missed you, and oh, how glad we are to have you back again,' "'her mother said, looking smilingly at her, but with glistening eyes. "'She's changed,' said Rupert, regarding her critically. "'She's prettier than ever, and—and and something else.' Zillah supplied the world. More stylish?' "'And you, why, you're a young lady!' exclaimed Mildred, gazing at her in astonishment. "'I'm fifteen, and taller than you, I do believe,' returned Zilla, laughing and blushing. "'And how you're all grown!' Mildred went on, glancing round the circle. "'Except father and mother,' laughed Rupert. "'Haven't I nearly caught up to father in height?' "'So you have, and I shall be very proud of my big brother.' "'Well, I declare, if you hain't come at last, thought you was never a-comin!' exclaimed a voice in Mildred's rear, and as she turned quickly about, a toil-hardened hand seized her in a grasp that almost forced from her a little cry of pain. "'Yes,' she said, "'I have, and I'm very glad to find you here, Celestia Anne. You kept your promise.' "'A heap better than you did yours,' Why, you stayed more'n as long again as you said you was a-going to when you went off. Had a good time? Yes, but I'm very glad to get home. So you'd ought to be. You look right down tired, and I reckon you are all that and hungry too. Well, I'll have a dinner on the table in about ten minutes. And with that last word she vanished in the direction of the kitchen. A look of expectant delight was on every face of the group about Mildred, as the mother, saying, Come, dear child, you will want to get rid of some of the dust of travel, led the way from the room, the others all following. Why, the house has grown too! was the young girl's delighted exclamation, as she was ushered into an apartment she had never seen before, large airy, neatly and tastefully, though inexpensively furnished, white muslin curtains at the windows, a snowy counterpane on the bed, everything new and fresh, except the books in the hanging shelves on the wall, and some little ornaments, which she recognised as her own peculiar property. "'Yes,' her father answered, smiling fondly upon her, "'so much so that we shall now have abundance of room, even with our eldest girl at home.' and we hope it will be a very long time before she will want to run away again. Yes, indeed, father dear, she said, putting her arms around his neck. Oh, if you only knew how glad I am to get back. This is your room, Milly. Do you like it? The children were asking in eager tones. Yes, yes, indeed. It's perfectly lovely. But, mother, it ought to be yours. It's larger and cheerier than yours. Ah, "'You're assuming to know more than you do, my child,' laughed Mrs. Keith. "'I too have one of the new rooms. There are six in all. "'And it is in every respect quite equal to this. "'But make haste with your toilet, for the dinner bell will soon ring.' "'They lingered at the table, eating slowly, "'because there was so much talking to be done, "'such pleasant, cheerful chat. "'Then came the opening of Mildred's trunk.' and the distribution of the purchases she had been commissioned to make, and of her own modest gifts to father, mother, brothers, sisters, and the more expensive ones from Aunt Wealthy and the Dinsmore relatives. Of these last, little else's were by far the most costly and valuable. The children were wild with delight, the parents quietly happy in their pleasure, and gratified with the remembrances to themselves. Mildred exhibited her watch and chain, calling forth exclamations of intense admiration and hearty congratulations. "'Oh, Sister Milly, how lovely!' cried Scylla. "'I never saw anything so beautiful, and I'm so glad you have it. "'I don't believe there's another lady in town who has got a gold watch.' "'No, I presume not,' returned Mildred, gazing down upon it with a pleased but rather absent look. "'and it is extremely pretty, yet not half so beautiful as the dear little giver.' "'And then she launched out into the warmest of eulogies upon little Elsie, "'her loveliness of both person and disposition. "'She must have loads of money to buy you that splendid watch, "'and all these things for the rest of us,' remarked Cyril. "'Yes, indeed, I'd like to be in her place,' said Ada. ''I wouldn't,'' said Mildred, ''and I don't believe you would, Ada, if you'd quite understand her position.'' ''Why?'' the children asked, clustering close about their sister, with looks of surprise and eager interest. ''Tell us why. It must be nice to be so rich, to own houses and lands, and all sorts of things.'' ''Do not be too sure of that,'' said their father, ''though poverty has its trials, wealth brings cares, and cannot of itself give happiness.'' In fact, it has sometimes proved to be a curse to its possessors. Remember our Saviour said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Yes, added Mrs. Keith, and in another place he says, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. But some rich people are good, aren't they? Queried Cyril. I'm sure Millie said Elsie was. But she's just a baby girl, put in Don, and maybe she'll get bad by the time she grows up. Now, boys, keep quiet, can't you, and let's hear what Millie's going to tell, said Ada. Mildred glanced at the nearly emptied trunk, the piles of clothing on the bed and chairs, and shook her head. Another time, children, I ought to be putting these things in place in the wardrobe and bureau. "'Oh, you're too tired. "'Sit down in the rocking chair and rest while you talk, "'and I'll help you afterwards to arrange your things,' Zillah said, "'and with a word of thanks Mildred yielded. "'Taking Annis on her lap "'and glancing with a half-smile "'from one eager expectant face to another, "'what would any one of you sell all the rest for?' she asked. "'Several pairs of young eyes opened wide with astonishment, why, Milly? what a question! Not for anything! Not for all the world! You know we wouldn't! were the answering exclamations. And then there were loving looks exchanged, and Don gave Fan a hug, while Cyril squeezed her hand and patted Annis on her curly head. It would be dreadfully lonely not to have any brothers or sisters, he said, with a long-drawn sigh of satisfaction. Little Elsie has none, said Mildred. But what if we had no mother, children? Milly, don't! What makes you say such things? cried Fan, hastily releasing herself from Don and running to her mother to hide her face in her lap with a half-sob. No, what's the use? Zilla asked huskily while Ada's eyes filled and the boys looked distressed as though the idea was too painful to contemplate just convince you that little Elsie is not so much to be envied by us. She has no mother, has never seen her father, and does not know whether he loves her or not. Does she show any desire to see him? asked Mrs. Keith, stroking Fan's hair. Oh yes, mother, yes indeed. She talks a great deal about him, often wishes he would come home, and is never more interested than when he is the theme of conversation. "'I hope her grandfather and his wife love and fondle her.' "'Not at all. "'They treat her with almost unvarying coldness and neglect,' "'Mildred said, her eyes sparkling with indignant anger.' "'And then she went on to tell of various acts of injustice and oppression "'to which the little girl had been subjected since her coming to Roselands, "'and to give a pathetic description of her loneliness,' "'and unsatisfied yearning for the love of her kindred. "'In conclusion, Mildred asked, "'Now, would any of you change places with her?' "'No, no, indeed we wouldn't. "'Poor little thing. "'We're very sorry for her,' the children cried in chorus. "'Mother, mayn't Elsie come here and be your little girl, "'along with us?' asked Annis. "'I should gladly take her, darling, if I could.' "'Mrs. Keith answered. "'But she belongs to her father, "'and it is he who directs where she shall live.' "'Tell us some more, Milly. "'Tell us about that beautiful Viamede," "'entreated Ada, "'putting an arm coaxingly round her sister's neck. "'Some other time, "'but now I must really go to work "'and finish my unpacking.' "'No, you must go into another room "'and lie down for an hour or two, "'said her mother. "'You need rest and sleep.' And your sisters and I will set things to rights here. Mildred objected. Mother dear, I have come home to ease your burdens, not to add to them. And which will you do by wearing yourself out and getting sick? asked her mother, with a merry look and smile. Set these younger ones a good example, by prompt obedience to my direction. We want you bright for a good long talk after tea. But mother... "'You always have so much to tax your time and strength, and... "'Run away, now, without a word,' was the playful reply. "'I'm neither busy nor tired this afternoon.' "'So Mildred went, slept soundly for a couple of hours, "'and towards tea-time came down to the sitting-room, "'looking quite rested and refreshed, "'very sweet and pretty, too, they all thought, "'in new and tasteful attire, "'and with her glossy brown hair becomingly arranged.' she found her mother and the older girls sewing. "'How nice you look!' Zillah said, surveying her admiringly. "'That's a lovely dress, and made so prettily. "'Will you let me have mine made like it?' "'Yes, indeed, and help you make it, too. "'Mother, how have you managed with the sewing while I've been gone?' "'Pretty well, Milly. Zillah has become quite a needlewoman.' And Ada does remarkably well, too, considering her imperfect sight. Housework suits her best on that account. They are dear, helpful girls, both of them. Milly, Milly cried Cyril, rushing in from the grounds. Come and look at our gardens and our hens and chickens before it grows too dark. The gardens aren't much to look at now, laughed Zillah, But she can see pretty well what they have been, and we'll tell her the rest, returned Cyril, leading the way. "'Come, girls, we'll all go,' Mrs. Keith said, folding up her work. "'The rest of the afternoon and evening shall be a holiday, in honour of our wanderer's return.' There was, in truth, little to exhibit in the gardens now, save a few late-blooming fall-flowers, but Mildred admired them and listened with interest to the accounts given of what had been raised by each little worker during the past spring and summer.' And there was really a large flock of fowls, all in fine condition, promising plenty of eggs and poultry, even through the cold winter months, for Rupert had built a snug hen house to protect these feathered friends from the inclemency of the weather. Now this way, Mildred, I want to show you the vines I've trained over the front porch, Rupert said. And they stood looking at the vines. The front gate opened and shut, and a firm elastic step came quickly up the walk, Mildred turned and found an old acquaintance at her side. "'Wallace! Mr Ormsby!' she exclaimed, offering her hand in cordial greeting, though the rich colour surged over her face with the sudden recollection of his parting words spoken a year ago. "'No, keep to the first name, please,' he said in an undertone as he grasped her offered hand. "'Excuse so early a call, but I did not know how to wait.' "'It seems an age since you went away.' "'We are always glad to see you, Wallace,' said Mrs. Keith. "'You must stay and take tea with us. It is nearly ready. "'Come, we will all go in now, for the air is growing chilly.' Ormsby was by no means loath to accept the invitation. Mildred seemed to him lovelier than ever, and his eyes were constantly seeking her face when politeness did not require him to look elsewhere.' Enchanted anew by her charms of person, manner and conversation, he lingered for an hour or more over tea, watching, hoping for an opportunity to breathe some words into her ear which should reach no other. But parents, brothers and sisters clustered about her, and soon other neighbours began to drop in to bid her welcome home. Dr Grange and his daughter claudina chetwood and her brother will and one or two others of those who were most intimate with the family then a look from mr keith reminding wallace of an important paper which should be drawn up that evening he took a reluctant leave he paused an instant at the gate to glance back regretfully at the brightly lighted parlor windows and the comfortable looking group within of which mildred was the center A tall, muscular figure was approaching from the opposite direction, as Ormsby, turning away with a sigh, hurried down the street towards Mr. Keith's office. There was an exchange of greetings as the two passed each other. Good evening, Mr. Ormsby. How do you do, Sheriff? And each hastened on his way. The next moment, the tall man was standing where Wallace had been, but now gazing intently in at the same group, though In truth, he scarcely saw any but that central figure, the graceful girlish form so tastefully attired, the bright sweet face full of animation and intellect. He could not take his eyes from her, great dark eyes, hungry and wistful. And for many minutes, he stood resting his left hand on the top of the gate, the right arm hanging at his side. At last, with a sigh that was almost a groan, he too turned and went on his way. She's prettier than ever, the sweetest thing alive, he murmured half aloud, and I'll never forget how good she was to me in that awful time when even my mother couldn't stand by me. But, for all that, taint no ways likely she cares enough for Goat Lightcap to so much as ask if he's alive or no. End of chapter 5